In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. A few days ago, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and as we kind of wrapped up the conversation, you know, it was a lot of, you know, me talking to them, and more so me listening than me talking, just hearing them out, understanding their struggles, and one of those kinds of conversations. And as we were wrapping up, I told them, thank you. And they told me, for what? I didn't do anything for you. And I was kind of set back and I realized, you know, they, didn't, they really didn't do anything that was worthy of my gratitude. But then I realized I wasn't thanking them for what they had done. I was thanking them really for who they are. I thanked them for this reason because it is that which makes us a gift. Not in what we do, not in what we say, not in all the favors we do for anyone else, but it's who we are which remains a gift. And we kind of get into this routine and this attitude where we think that whoever is most productive, whoever contributes the most, is the one who is most worthy of gratitude is the one who we should really be thanking. But the things we do, the job we have, the favors that we do, that's not really who we are. That doesn't summarize our identity. Because if that was really true, we would just be a transactional people. Only loving somebody else, objecting, objectifying somebody else for what they have, what they give to you and to me. Rather than seeing each other as their personhood, their identity, as a gift to us, as a gift to be given. And this is really the story of today's gospel, because when you look at it, the people in the, today's gospel who are kind of frowned upon, see God not because of who He is. They don't love God for who He is, but only because of what He did for them. And once that thing was done, they saw God as dispensable, replaceable, and they abandoned Him. So these lepers that we see in today's Gospel, they were really desperate. They had a disease of leprosy that was known to be incurable. A disease which left them alone, disconnected from the people that they loved. A disease that made them feel almost dead while they were still alive. Leprosy was so bad that when any time someone got leprosy, they had to be exiled to their own sort of colony. And whenever they passed by anybody that, was, that didn't have leprosy, they had to shout out, unclean, unclean, to let them know not to draw near to this person. So finally, Jesus, so finally someone approaches them. Jesus approaches them not for what they have, which is a disease, because He sees more than just the disease that they have. Even if this disease was something they got themselves into. Maybe they were in places where they shouldn't have, or they did things they shouldn't have been doing. He saw past all of that. 
And he drew near because he saw them not for what they had or what they did, but for who they were. So he heals them. He draws near to them and he heals all ten of them. And what does he tell them to do? He tells them, go and show yourselves to the priests. This is a small detail that we'd, we'd kind of be passed by or like go, like go over without really paying much attention. But really Jesus is following the, the Jewish law at that time. Because Jewish law says that if anybody is healed of leprosy, they have to go to the priests and do a form of sacrifice. And you wouldn't really understand, we wouldn't really know this, because most of the time when we read about this Jewish law, it's the boring part of the Bible. It's the one that's really dry and it's just a bunch of laws. Leviticus chapter 14. It says whenever somebody is healed of their leprosy, they got to go and show themselves to the priest for proof, and they have to offer a sacrifice of two doves. The first dove, they sacrifice, and they take the second dove, dip it in the blood of the first, and set it free, symbolizing and signifying that it's by the blood of the first that the second was made free. This law, as bizarre as it sounds, it points to what happens here where Jesus is that first dove, and it's by His blood that we are set free from our own spiritual disease of sin. So they're no longer bound by this leprosy. They're reintegrated into their families, into the relationships that they lost, into the life that they lost. They're reintegrated even into worship, back into the temple, but the sad part of this whole thing is after Jesus did this for them, how many came back out of the ten? One. Out of all those ten who were so desperate, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Out of those ten, one came back to return thanks. That's a ten percent Return rate. Compared to what Jesus had done for them, that is a terrible, terrible statistic. And Jesus is shocked. Is He shocked because He wanted or needed their thanks? Is He shocked because He needed them to say, Thank you so much, Jesus. No. Is He shocked because he wanted some sort of donation for what they had, what he had done for them. No, Jesus doesn't need anything because he is the richest person in the world without, while having no money in the bank account. He doesn't heal them to do them a favor. He heals them to show them that he is ready to give his entire self to them, and he does that. He wants to give his entire self to them and he's shocked because they don't come back and enter into this relationship that he so eagerly desires to be with them. He wants them 
to give himself to give themselves back to him. And that's the only worthy repayment you can ever give to somebody who's given their entire self to you. Look back at your life. Look back at all the moments that Jesus has blessed you. Look back at all the moments maybe Jesus has healed you and delivered you from a sickness, from a disease. Look at all the moments that Jesus has been with you in those moments when you've been lonely and you felt abandoned. Look at all the moments you've entered into the sacrament of confession and you've been forgiven of your sins. Look at all the moments that God has provided for you in the moments where, where you couldn't look to anyone else. And I know you guys are here because you recognize that there is a thanksgiving we have to return to God. And I know you guys, many of you are so grateful for this. But this is maybe what kind of percentage of people here are in the church right now. Some people, when it's convenient for us, we come and do this. When it's easy for us, when the path is clear, we do this. But now that it looks like it's, the sun is shining right now, when it's a little cloudy, when the road is a little scary, we might be like, you know, I'll go and do that later. It's, it's something that's replaceable. And when you don't return and give thanks to the Lord in the best place you could be, Jesus' Jesus's words in the gospel today echo to you and to me and says, where are you? Where are the rest of them? When these pews are empty, where they should be full, Jesus says, where are the rest of them? Where are you? So many of us have been blessed beyond measure. And Mass is this place to come and fall down on our face as this one leper did in thanksgiving to Christ. And when we miss Mass and we're not here, Jesus says this question. And in Mass we have the Eucharist. If any of you have lived in Greece before, you know that the word thank you, how do you say it? Eucharisto, right? That's the word we receive the Eucharist from. Which means thanksgiving. So the Mass the communion, the Eucharist is the best way we can return thanksgiving to God. This is the highest form we can do that. It's not when we wake up in the morning and thank God. That's a great way to do it. At night when we do that, we thank God. But in the Mass, this is the highest form to return thanks to the Lord who has healed us, blessed us, provided for us. Not so that He can just give us favors, but that He can give us His entire self. And we can give that back to Him here. And when we're not here, we're saying to ourselves, and we're saying to God, we don't need what is here. We don't need you anymore. We have what we've gotten, and what we wanted. And here in our absence, Christ asks, where are you? And it's not just when we're away. You could be here, but you could not be here. And so now, when, when the challenge is, yes, you're here now, but our minds could be somewhere else, our hearts could be somewhere else. 
So today in the Mass, Jesus is asking you this question. While you're here, where are you? So we can always be aware of this great need for Him. We can always be aware that apart from Him, we can do nothing. And may we always be found giving thanks to Him as our Master says, now, at all times, and forever. Amen.